They tried to stop my shine, but I said, hold up. Y'all know how many hoes done tried to hold this hoe up. Talk the music. It's summertime season, just like Trump, no treason. See that boy in the white? We might be tonight, cause it's hot outside. I don't got no shame. First up, in uh, then he'll give me brain. Ha, ha, how's everybody? Ha, ha, how's everybody? How's everybody? How's everybody tonight? Although I know most of y'all be listening to us during the day, so I don't even know why I said that. But anyway, hello everybody and welcome to Craig's Pop Life, a black gay excursion into pop culture. I am your host, Craig Seymour. You know me. I've been writing about pop culture for more than 20 years now. You can read some of my music writing at rnbeing.com. I'm also an author who has written a number of books. You got your the biography, Luther, The Life and Longing of Luther Vandross, Catch Up on Your R&B History. You got my memoir about being a grad school stripper hoe. All I Could Bear, My Life in the Strip Clubs of Gay, Washington, D.C., And then you got my novel about three generations of black gay men looking for love. Who's your daddy? Do y'all know? Anyway, but check you can check that out. Get you a good summer read. You know, put together your summer reading list. I know it's that time of year. Um, And my forthcoming special, The Life and Art of Janet Jackson, coming very soon. If I have anything to do about it. Uh, Which I do. (laughs) Because I'm writing it. But anyway, y'all, and I also have a website where you can find links to the songs and other stuff that I discuss on the show. I'm sorry, I have to adjust my headphones. I hope it don't be making too much noise. Okay, and that's very easy to remember. It's craigspoplife.com. I don't really think the website could be more straightforward, right? Um, and I have a Amazon shop where I put all my books that I all not well I do put all my books on there let's be real but um I put all the books that I talk about on this podcast and other very important stuff like some people ask me well shit how do you make your podcast what tools do you use well you can find out on my Amazon shop and also do other important things like my favorite hot sauces another important thing for the summertime I know y'all be doing cookouts and whatnot, you know, have your little sandwiches and whatnot, you need a little kick, find out what my favorite hot sauces are. And my Amazon shop is also very easy to remember. It's um, Amazon.com. I know y'all know that. So Amazon.com slash shop, because I done told you it's my Amazon shop. So Amazon.com slash shop slash Craig's Pop Life. So there you go. And of course, I appreciate all of the support. Um, so we got a lot to talk about this week because a lot been going on. But I want to start with all these new tracks that just dropped, you know, because I always it's about two in the morning now, you know, so I always be looking at what came out at midnight. And so a lot of stuff came out. Um, a new Katy Perry song just dropped and, you know. My review is that it is a Katy Perry song for whatever that's worth. I mean, I, even I had a brief, and I mean very fucking brief, teenage dream moment. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie that, yes, it was me on that dance floor in that city with that song playing, dancing with that cute shirtless boy in his underwear. So, yes, that was me, just in case anybody got pictures. I know it's the internet age. I know there'll be videos and stuff like that. So, I'm owning up to it. That was me. But that was also when the song first came out. That was my Katy Perry moment. But for real, the only real records I really fuck with her um, on are uh, Feels with Calvin Harris, Pharrell, and Big Sean. I do like that record. And then there was this song. I don't know how many people actually listened to the last album. You know, I gave it a one, two, one, two. But um, there was a song called Power. On the last album that samples Smoking Robinson, Smokey Robinson's um, Being With You. And I like that. So, for what it's worth. But otherwise, child please, they can keep it. 
And also, didn't she say not that long ago that she was going on an extended break? Too soon, sis. Too soon. Um, moving on, then Barty finally dropped press. Press, 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 press. Now, she had been developing kind of a bad habit of getting us all hyped with these little IG clips and then don't be releasing the songs. Because there's still that song I like from, you know, before I think even Bodak Yellow that I be playing the clip of and then they never come out when she's flipping her hair and stuff like that. Anyway, um, but real Barty people know exactly what I mean. And we still sometimes drop that in her comments like sis just finish the song just give it to us or give it to us that high quality excerpt or something but we want the song but anyway this time she kept to her word by releasing press i mean i have to say that on initial listens i'm a little underwhelmed just because i mean the song is mad short it's like two minutes or something and i feel like she had already put the best part in the ig clip you know so just on my first, and I think I was a little overwhelmed, but I'm sure that it will grow on me and that I will be playing it. Um, I still kind of playing Wish Wish a lot. Um, now, as anybody who listens to the podcast last week would know. And speaking of press, 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 Craig could use more press. So if you like what you hear, don't be ashamed to tweet or IG your favorite gay publication and let them know about a brother. You know, just put them up on game. Let them know I'm out here. I'm doing my thing. Whatever. Just a suggestion. Um, and then lastly, and, you know, I'm already feeling shame about myself um, even saying this. But lastly, there's the new Miley Cyrus EP, She Is Coming. But it was funny. When she announced the title on Twitter, somebody clapped back. They said, She Is Coming. Wait. <laughs> but anyway... Uh, any longtime listener to the podcast knows that I have a soft spot for Miley Cyrus. I don't know why, and I also know that that instantly makes me a problematic, questionably sus black person. I get it, but I can't help it. Something about her I like, and I figure it's kind of like, I guess, you know, I can't re really relate, but I think it's kind of like how those MAGA folks love Trump. You know, it's like, I don't really be taking all that nonsense she be saying all that serious, you know. So that's it. I'm not saying you have to agree with me. I'm just stating my case. This is who I am. I'm living in my truth. Um, and I still think Nothing Breaks Like a Heart, um, which came out late, late last year, is going to be on my top 10 for this year, both the song and the video. If you haven't seen the epic video, I'll put it up on the website. It's a sight to behold. But this new EP, what can I say? I really like it. I got two lessons in. I like it. She got Rizza on there producing a joint. The joint has Ghostface on it. And she got a hot bitch track called Catitude. It has RuPaul being all kinds of nasty on it. Talking about fingering people's butts and nothing from his pussy child. I don't have no pearls. I feel like I need to run out and buy some pearls to clutch after hearing all that. But... Like I said, um, you know, and that's also the song that has that whack. I love Nikki, but I listen to Carly. Car Carly. Ain't nobody listen to Carly Red. Um, <laughs> for that, I love Nikki, but I listen to Cardi line. And yes, I think it is quite whack, quite problematic. All the problematic keywords you can put in there for her to pit two black women against each other, especially when they already got beef. You know what I'm saying? Um, and normally I'm not here for any Nikki slander. I know that's also going to be controversial, but I feel like she's done so much through her career to expand the possibilities of um, women in rap. Like they can sing on a track and it can go pop, but then they can also have street credibility and do another track and then they can hop on a remix and they can do a mixtape. Like I just feel like the parameters of what a um, female rapper can do she um Nikki did that and you know we have to keep it 100 it's like that's really what Kim wanted to do and that's why I think Kim is so salty about Nikki because you know Kim always wanted to sing and Kim always wanted to be a huge pop star it didn't happen like that for her for whatever reason for a variety of reasons uh you know the jail stint the this that the fact that pop wasn't quite open the fact that I mean Lil Kim couldn't really be singing on a record and um 
and it go pop and then she still be taken credibly as you know biggie's protege and everything like that you know even no matter what they say it was kind of like hip-hop folks were kind of like oh this how you coming back so you know whatever i feel like nikki did that and i feel whatever you feel about her personally i think that her um you know, I feel like what she achieved is undeniable. So like I said, you know, uh, with Miley, I really don't take it all that serious. Now, if Taylor Swift had pulled that shit, I'd probably be marching in the streets with a sign at all. But it is what it is. So um, then Miley also got Sway Lee on a track. And you know, I love anything with his fine ass on it. I mean, I'm still feeling um, Madonna's crave with him. And I even like the video because it features all sorts of shot of him, his pretty ass face, his hot tatted up torso. So, you know, anything with Sway kind of gets me a little anyway. So all that to say, I mean, I like the Miley EP. I completely understand if you 100% do not care and will never care and I'm tired of me talking about it. But... I like it. Listen to it if you want. What can I say? Uh, so let's move on to some TV, starting with the finale of RuPaul's Drag Race. Now, no, I ain't going to reveal no spoilers. You don't have to worry. You don't have to, you know, turn down the volume right quick. You don't have to throw your ear pods across the street. <laughs> you know, I ain't going to have, you know, nothing, anything. But I do have some thoughts. Um you know, this non-spoiler, just generic-ass thoughts about, you know, it and how it reflects upon the whole season and whatnot. Uh, you know, first of all, I think these queens need to start shouting out their costume designers. Because, like, with each season, those people just be putting in work. And the costumes for the finale, you know, for all the people, not even the contestants, but the, you know, guests folks from other seasons stuff that they brought back. I thought everybody was serving costumes. So, I mean, I know if I probably followed them on IG, I know I would probably know the names, but that's work. And, you know, I just feel like they need to get some, like, recognition up front because they really be doing their thing. Um, number two, did I say number one with the first one? Well, that was number one, if I didn't. Uh, number two, Rue was wearing that green. And Rue just continues to be the queen of branding. Like, I never, I am always just like, wow, she really just knows her brand and just be hitting that brand. And that's why she's so successful. I mean, I mean, she's been saying, everybody say love since dinosaurs roamed the earth. But it don't matter because she stays on brand. That's her brand. And, you know, just like she always says it in the show, you know, if you can't love yourself, all that stuff she's been saying. And, that is what makes a brand and that's so important and that's hard like when you are out here and you are trying to do something similar like it's it'd be hard to be saying the same thing over and over and to stay on message because at some point you know maybe you get tired of saying it or you'd be like is are people tired of hearing me say the same old thing don't matter you need to stick with it you just need to do it um and I don't know if I've ever said this, but I have two business role models. There are two people that I look at and I like how they, you know, I look at how they move and, you know, to my ability and my own situation, I try to move like that when I make decisions because these are the two people that I, I just really look up to. And that's Jay-Z. One is Jay-Z and the other is RuPaul. Um, and I just think, you know, shout out to RuPaul, but not because... You know, he's created this huge franchise because that's the end result. That's what we see. Shout out to RuPaul for keeping the faith when the times were low. Do you know what I'm saying? When Because there was a moment when, you know, things were quiet for RuPaul. We weren't really hearing about RuPaul. You know, maybe pop up on a project runway. Hey, but, you know, we weren't. It wasn't like it is now. And some people would have easily said, you know, it's quiet for me. I'm going to pack things in. I'm just going to retire. Rue just kept it on the low. Obviously, you know, you know, he be, he don't be drinking and he be visioning, boarding and stuff. And, you know, he be meditating and all that. So, I mean, he kept the faith, kept believing that, you know, he could manifest something even greater. And he did and reemerged, you know, even bigger than before, I mean, he emerged to me like it, I mean, I don't even know, I don't even know the kids today that be watching stuff. I don't even know they know supermodel, 
you know, I don't even know they know that at that moment in history when Supermodel came out and it was such a big moment and he didn't, you know, none of the other songs really hit in terms of the pop charts that he could have easily just been a one hit recording wonder, like an anomaly and never been heard from again in the mainstream like that. You know, he, maybe he could do some prides, you know, you better, uh, okay, whatever, you know, get his little coins through the month of June, but that could have been it for him. But no, you know, so just that focus is so inspiring, um, to me. So, um, and on that note, I just need to know right now, I just need to get this out of the way. Which one of y'all listening, this goes to all my people in one of them select markets, which one of y'all is going to record the six-week sneak peek of RuPaul's talk show and post it somewhere so that we all can see? Look into your hearts. You know who you are. You know where you live. Because we need that. Someone needs to follow that calling. We need you. The world needs you. You need to step up. You need to feel it. You'd be like, I'm doing this for the people. I'm going to record this show and post a link and, you know, feel a sense of purpose and just do it. Someone needs to volunteer as tribute to tape this show for us every day. You know, it's five days a week, but it's only six weeks. So, um, you know, just let us know. But I hope I hope I'm stirring some fire in somebody's heart. Like I'm stir- hope I'm stirring some sense of purpose in somebody. They're just like, yes, I'm, I have to do this. This is my this is my chance. This is my calling. I'm just gonna do it. So, um, you know, like I said, just let me know because it would be a damn shame if we can't see what RuPaul is doing for his first talk show. Um, and I don't think, I bet you he ain't going to be on drag for any of it. I mean, I know, you know, it's already been promoted with him out of drag, but I, I mean, I think he might have some drag queen, um, drag race alumni on it and stuff like that. But I bet you don't never see him with so much as a lash or so much as a basic pale lip. You know what I mean? Cause I just think he's again, just trying to expand things and the great thing about him in terms of branding too is that you know even at the Met Ball like he wasn't in drag a lot of people were salty about that but no when you when he ain't getting paid when he ain't performing RuPaul is not in drag and we know that and that's the way it's always been when we see RuPaul on a talk show RuPaul is not in drag so I feel like you know in a way that kind of just um that kind of just um, somebody just sent me a text and it just caught my eye because I just tweeted something wrong. Uh, let me just do this real quick. Uh, that's why I tried to turn my phone off. Anyway, um... So, yeah, so like I said, he set up us knowing him in drag. So it's not going to be that much to see him in drag each week and everything. I mean, each day on a daily show. So what up? So shout out to him. And I really hope that works out. So um, three, because I know I named number two. I love the gay history segment. Um, And for y'all who got too sloppy on Memorial Day weekend, you should go back and listen to last week's episode because I go into a lot of black gay history and put some shine on the brothers that helped us get where we are today. But my only thing about the Drag Race history segment is that they kept showing pictures of um, Marsha P. Johnson, but they ain't ever mentioned her name. And so I feel like... You know, why are you going to just hint at her? Just go ahead. If you're going to be showing her and you want to, like, reference that, why don't go ahead and, um, you know, it was just kind of weird to me. And, I, you know, if you don't know who she is, you should check out the Netflix documentary, The Life and Death of Marsha P. Johnson. And I'm going to have to keep it real and be honest. I have not watched it myself. But... I'm ashamed to say that, but um, I'm going to make a point to do it during Pride Month so we can watch it together. And then whenever I watch it, I'm going to talk about it. But, you know, I know it's there. I know it's in my list. I just haven't gotten to it. But um, I'm definitely going to do that this month. Well, this month when you be listening to this probably. What's today? Because today is Friday the 31st. Yeah, so if you listen to this to on Saturday, if you're a weekend listener, 
um, then, yeah, I'll be watching it this month. Um, so lastly, my thoughts on the finalists. Again, ain't no spoilers. I ain't gonna say a damn thing. But just, you know, letting you know how I, how I sort of surmised and, um, you know, evaluated the contestants just on my end, just my own personal opinion. You know, Acaria was always my favorite since day one. I thought she was the realest. So, you know, she was my fave. Let's just get that out the way. Um, now, Silky been jumping up and down on my last damn nerve ever since episode one. I understand, be yourself, be out there, live loud, do your thing. But, like, I just felt the thirst was just too much. I mean, I had to go grab some water. I'm like, God damn, just watch it. Like, it was too thirsty. Just be a little bit more subtle about your thirst. Just be a little bit more subtle about your clout chasing. And I felt like, to me, she would have been a more sympathetic character to me. You know, that's my opinion. I know people love her and everything like that. I don't have nothing against her. I'm just saying how I related to what she was putting across on my TV screen. Um, now, Brooklyn, I've always been like, why ain't nobody ever asked her Canadian ass why she's named Brooklyn? Now, maybe this happened during Untucked. I don't know. I don't watch. I only can give the show an hour and a half a week of my life. I can't get no more, so maybe it was answered. But that is, uh, to the end of the show, that was always a burning question to me. And also, does her name have anything to do with Mary J. Blige's rapping alter ego? Let me know. If you know, let me know. Um, I know somebody's going to write back some all salty. Well, and when somebody asks, that's fine. I just want to know. I'm not saying the information ain't out there. I'm just saying I personally would like to know. So, um, you know, if you care to educate, you know, let me know. Uh, lastly, um, I'm sorry, y'all. I know people like, I don't, I just can't with Evie oddly for just a number of reasons, you know, um, First of all, like, I respect people like Grace Jones, you know, people who are just organically unique and kind of out of the ordinary. Like, just people who just, like, even if Grace, you know, because Grace Jones, you just see those performances where Grace Jones ain't wearing nothing but a fascinator and, a, a like, a um, black leotard and some tights. And, you know, she's already the most wondrous thing that you've ever seen. It's just her inner spirit is just so unique and out of the ordinary. It just makes you want to look at her and watch her. But I just really personally just can't stand when people be trying to be weird. Like, to me, I just I, it just irks me. Like, when somebody's just trying to be weird just to be weird. Trying to be strange just to be strange for no good-ass reason, you know. Just being weird to me is not a virtue in and of itself. Like, what's the point? Like, what, you know? I, so that's my reaction to Evie. And then another reason why I didn't really take to her is like, did y'all see that episode when she was talking about her mother and stuff? And she was talking about how she had to tell her mother that she wouldn't be able to see her and her baby sister too much because she was now doing drag, even though they ain't lived nothing but right up the street. And, I mean, it just gets on my nerves when people be acting all business-like with their family and stuff like that, um, especially a family that supports them. It's like, nobody needs to be making these big pronouncements. Like, if, if you can't make dinner that night, just tell her you can't make dinner that night. You know what I'm saying? Or what, if you can't babysit, just tell her you can't babysit this night because you happen to be doing this and that. You don't need to be making no big pronouncement. Oh, I won't be able to be around anymore because cause I'm doing drag and, you know, I just be so busy. I hate when people just be so busy, you know, it, with their family. Like, that's, I don't know, that's just a personal thing with me. Like, I mean, this brings to mind, like, a personal situation, with like I had a family member recently that was supposed to come to a family event and yes the shit was late because we black and you know things just took off a little bit later than expected you know as things do as things have done all throughout this particular family member's life when they dealing with family so don't act brand new because it's just the way we roll right so anyway this particular family member then texted that they couldn't make it because they only had a small window of time. And I'm like, y'all, don't small window of time me. 
I've been knowing you since you had dried snot in your nostrils and Similac dripping out your mouth. You do not need to small window me. Just tell me what's up. You know what I'm saying? Just say, oh, you know, um, I had to run by somebody's house and I need to get to the Target for a close or something. Just be real. Just say what the shit is. But I just, I don't know. It just gets on my nerves when people, you know, try to be all like that distance business talk. Ooh, so I have a small window. Ooh, I won't be able to be around because I just hate when people are like that. With fam- That's just not family um, like with me. So I really wasn't feeling that. So those are my thoughts on the on the finalists so go watch the show see who won live your life until next season um i just had to share some things that i was thinking and obviously it won't be no point in doing it (laughs) next week so that's it um in other tv watching in other craig tv watching stuff y'all know i've been watching falsy burden i know i shaded the fuck out of it because the first episode i really liked the first episode because i felt like too many scenes were recreating movie scenes and it's like i've I've seen the movie and no matter how good the recreation is it ain't the movie so why are you recreating stuff that's already done like give us more backstage or something like i just i just didn't like that part of it but Lo and behold, the series concluded this week, and I swear it turned out to be great. You know, if you're interested in great acting performances, if you're interested in, like, theater history, all that kind of stuff, I mean, it really came the fuck through. Michelle Williams, y'all. Michelle Williams' performance as Gwen Vernon is a wonder to watch. I mean, she deserves all the awards. I would just, you know, she needs to pull up. You know how... um. What's, what's her name? What's the mother in, um, what's the, the badass mother, um, pose? What's her name? Um, not Blanca, but, um, Elect, is it Electra? You know how Electra be, well, I guess all of them be carrying them little, um, what do you call them, the radio flyer, um, um, the, um, little things with the wheels you know what i'm talking about i don't know why i can't talk y'all it's 248 but um yeah i just would go ahead and roll her up one of them just put everything gold in sight in the damn thing and just you know pull it right up to her house i mean she just the voice the changes of the voice the aging over time the relationships the this the that i mean it's it's something to see. So um, I just want to make sure that nobody who heard my initial thoughts on um, the Fosse Verdon show would had not watched it or thought I didn't like it or something like that because it really is excellent. It came through. And like I said, if you're interested, I mean, I, some people just not going to care about these white Broadway people because you just don't care about Broadway or whatever. These, You know, you just don't care. And I get that too. And I, the show probably is not for you if you um feel that way but I'm one of those like you know I love I don't get to a lot of Broadway shows but you know I love seeing especially back not now but back in the day you know I was I live in DC but I was always up on the train you know seeing the dream girl seeing the chorus line seeing the stuff like that so and then you know all that jazz um sort of Fosse's semi-autobiographical movie that was just like my favorite. I mean, that just blew my fucking mind when I saw it. So I'm already invested in the concept and stuff. So, you know, like I feel if you can kind of connect to any of that, uh, you know, like if you really like the choreography and get me bodied or something, you know, which is or even single ladies, both of which are inspired by Fosse, then I would say watch it. Um, and you put it on your summer binge list because I mean, I don't know about it, y'all, but I just, I'm a, like, I'm a TV, bro. I'm an old TV person. Like, I like shit to be on when it's on, at a time, new shows, everything like that. So I still hate summertime when there's nothing on, when you turn on Wendy Williams, even if she gets on your nerves. Like, I wake up and I want to see, um, yes, I wake up that late. You know, I wake up, not 4 o'clock. I know it comes on 4 o'clock and sometimes homes. <laughs> it comes in Miami. It comes on live at 10. So, you know, I'll be up. I'll be having my little breakfast sandwich, you know, and a Diet Coke around that time. And I'll watch Wendy. I want to get her. I don't ever watch past the Hot Topics, but, I, you know, I want to get that. And then when she be off at like 
eight weeks or something. Like it just it throws off my day. You know, it just it's just so summertime always gets me a little bit hits me a little different. And I, you know, that's why I always have to have a lot of shows and things lined up to watch just to keep me regular, you know, not regular like that, but just keep me regular with the, (laughs) just keeping me regular with, you know, just my schedule and my day and stuff. So anyway, um, also more from the small screen. Why y'all ain't tell me about this Teddy Pendergrass documentary. If I don't know on Showtime, I ain't know anything about it. Like, I think it was probably one of those things that maybe I knew about while it was in production or something like that, or I knew they were doing it, but somehow, for whatever reason, it didn't come past my way again when it was finally out. So I think somebody mentioned it on um, Twitter. I think some, some kind of way I found out about it, and then I just went home and immediately watched it. And, I mean, um, it is just... Like, it's just a real good documentary. Um, I mean, you know, a lot of people thought Leaving Neverland was controversial, but this Teddy documentary gets all up in the mess. And I mean, I knew, look, I mean, looking back, I knew everything that's in the documentary. You know, the car trash with the, the car trash, the car crash with the transgender performer and all that kind of stuff. But the way the documentary puts it together you know, that's what documentaries and like great biographies um, do. That wasn't a shout out to myself, but but <laughs> great biographies do. It's like just the putting of stuff together and just knowing how stuff happened, you know, in correlation with other things and what was going on at the time and all that kind of stuff just puts like the little things that you know, it just puts it into um a greater perspective and I mean it's riveting the way they put it together is riveting I mean one minute I was you know hearing the sweet sounds of Philadelphia then I swear the TV done up and changed itself to BET's American Gangster I mean the, the documentary is like that it's like damn I didn't know it was like that even though I knew it was like that I had to be reminded that it was like that in the context of everything else that it was like you know what I mean so it has something dark moments and not just the dark moments that you think you, you may that may instantly come to mind um and also features previously unreleased teddy music like it has him doing a live version of kenny rogers um lady penned by the crossover king mr lana Ritchie. you know and it's beautiful i mean the way he just delivers it and his um you know just take on it and the orchestration and the uh and the uh and the uh is fantastic that's what was one of my favorite um moments in the documentary but the only part that bothered me a little and this bothers me a lot in a lot of music documentaries and in almost every episode of my very beloved i'm not hating on this at all my very beloved un- unsung um it's this presumption that an artist would have necessarily got bigger, have gotten bigger, if not for X, Y, and Z. You know, and I understand why these documentaries do that, because it raises the stakes of the drama. You know, you think, oh my God, and it makes any unfortunate circumstances that happen seem even more tragic, because you're like, you know, oh man, they were just on the verge of oh my God, and then this happened. You know what I mean? But in doing this, they also failed to mention what was going on in the industry at the time and the challenges that the artists may have faced anyway, even if they had never, um, even if they had never had whatever happened to them, you know? And in Teddy's case, you know, he had the um, car accident that left him paralyzed from the neck down in 1982. And in the documentary, they kept talking about how he was set to be the next Elvis, the next Frank Sinatra, just the next crossover everything superstar. But, you know, we have to be really, really real about what would have been his challenges to take over the pop world in 1982. Like, I just feel like we need to be real about the specifics of the situations that were going on at that particular moment in time. And let's be real, like... 1982, this man was 32 years old. The pop world is always going to be about youth. And not only was he 32 years old, but he sounded like he was 32 years old. I mean, Teddy Pendergrass had a grown-ass man voice, no matter what. And, you know, 
just like what like they say in Dream, Green Girls, we got to get a lighter sound or whatever they say. But you know, it's like it doesn't seem to me that at that age, appealing to young white listeners who make up the pop pop audience, it just doesn't seem like that was an obvious thing. I ain't saying he couldn't do it. He did a lot of things. He was a wonderful performer and everything like that. I'm just saying it would have been a challenge. And that's a challenge that could have been and should have been acknowledged in the film if they were going to try to make it like it was obvious he was just going to become the next pop god. You know what I'm saying? And then the other thing about it is, again, this is 1982. And as the 80s progressed, you know, we we had a lot of things happen that just weren't regular sort of musical changes that you could just ride through. You know, MTV premiered in 1981, and that, of course, made everything about the video. We don't know if Teddy's teddy bear, sexed up, you know, tank top wearing, tight pants having on, stage persona would have translated to the small screen, or even if that would have been the right image for pop at that time it's like we just don't know that's a legitimate question do you know what i mean and then thriller dropped in 82 and that completely changed the game musically and video we don't know if teddy could have hit that choreography we don't know if teddy could moonwalk we don't know if teddy could pull a lionel richie and dance on the ceiling we just don't know. Those would have been challenges for him that he would have had to um, had to meet if he was going to um, make that pop move in that particular time. That's just facts. You know what I mean? And then Luther, of course, came along and was ruling the airwaves, start, R&B airwaves, starting with Never Too Much in 1981. And that also completely changed the game because it made the R&B ballad sound much smoother than what Teddy delivered. You know, Teddy did what he did, but that was very Luther, very different than what Luther was doing in 1981, 1982, 1983, 1984, 1985, 1986, and so on and so on and so on. I mean, you know, with Luther being the head of the game, like, women didn't want to be you know, women wanted to be romance. They didn't want to be ordered to close the door and turn off the lights. You know what I mean? They wanted to be romanced and whatever. And, you know, so again, he would, that would have been another change he would have had to have been able to make just the reality of the situation. So all I'm saying is that the documentary is fantastic. You should definitely watch it. But just as a general point, I feel like it would have been stronger if it had just been honest about the challenges, you know, in front of him, regardless of whether or not he'd have the accident. And it actually would have let him, um, it would have allowed them to give more credit to the success that he actually achieved after the accident in the face of all those considerable obstacles that I just talked about. I mean, who doesn't like joy? You know, he did his thing on joy in 1988, and that was his first um, number one R&B record since 1978. So they don't even, I don't know if they even mentioned that. They certainly don't focus on it, but that was a tremendous accomplishment to 10 years after your last number one, you come back with another number one, and it's a hot-ass song. Not everybody can do that. So I feel like instead of playing up this pipe dream, talk about what he actually did and how that was incredible because of all that was going against him, not even talking about the accident, you know? And then this is just my, it didn't really chart that well, but this is my favorite Teddy post Philadelphia international joint, the Def Jeff remix of Believe in Love from 1983. I still bump that shit. In fact, I'll put it on the website that I, I love that's hot. I love that shit. So, um, you know, and again, he did his thing on the record. The beat was bad. I mean, it was, it was, he did his thing. So I felt like by focusing on what could have been, they don't really give enough attention to what the man actually did, which I think was considerable. And so that's my take on the Teddy documentary, which like I said, you should definitely watch. 
And it's also my advice to all you music documentarians out there, if you out there, just keep shit real. Like, we don't need to believe um, that things naturally keep going up, up, and up in a way for every artist. Because that's just simply not the way of the industry. And it's also just not the way of life in general. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes things level out. Sometimes things go downhill. I mean, things ebb and flow. Just be real to that. Like, you know, back to Unsung. Like I said, I love the show. I think it's just what it's done for preserving stories of R&B artists and hip-hop artists and black artists in general cannot be, um, you know, overestimated. I mean... All those damn stories, because I, you know, just looking at all those episodes, like all those people, um, you know, the Angela Wimbushes, the I mean, all those people that those stories are now preserved, so somebody can go back and see that story. That's just incredible to me, and you know, that's basically what I see my purpose. You know, not my whole purpose, but I think that is a very big part of what I feel my purpose on this earth is to do is to preserve those black music stories. That's why I write the books that I write. That's why, you know, I talk about the things that I talk about even on this podcast. Like I feel like that is part of my calling. So I'm very um, respectful of people that do that. But it seems like we don't need to think that Adina Howard invented talking dirty as if Millie Jackson ain't never been on this earth and we all need to believe that, you know, she was invented poom poom shorts and all that kind of stuff. And then she influenced all these people that probably ain't really even was that aware of her besides just the one um, freak like me. I mean, just keep it real. That's all I'm asking. But, you know, speaking of music documentaries, this is something that you should just go on and put on your um my list on Netflix right now because coming um I think it's June seventh. It's 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 Juneish. It's early Juneish. But there's the um documentary of Clarence Avant called Black Godfather. And if you don't know about this black music industry god, you gotta get to learning. Cause um this man has had his hand not just black music industry, just black entertainment, black Hollywood, black damn everything. Um you know, important figure. And this documentary just got everybody talking about him in it. It even has Terry Lewis. And you know he don't be doing interviews. He don't even be doing interviews about Janet. So, you know, he's in there talking. It got Sherelle, Puffy. It got Snoop in a suit, and he don't even look high. Um, it got Clinton and Obama. So I'm going to put the trailer on the website, but like I said, go ahead, Black Godfather, put it in your Netflix, search it in your Netflix, put it in your my list, because that's going to be something that definitely um, we all need to watch. And you know how Netflix is, like Netflix really just be counting them numbers of people that um, watch initially. You know what I mean? They really keep that. For, that's why One Day at a Time didn't do that well, because a lot of people caught on to it and watched it, but they were all about what the numbers were right off the bat. Who was so hungry for it that they, you know, was binging it in that first day or something. That's why, like, some of the fans of One Day at a Time had written to the um, showrunners and saying, oh, you know, I love this show so much. I'm not going to binge it because I want to space it out. They tweeted back, no, nah, y'all need to watch right now. Y'all need to, you need to drop this Twitter down right now and just turn on your Netflix right now because that's the numbers that Netflix looks at. So that's what, another reason why I feel ashamed about the Marsha P. Johnson documentary and why I'm going to watch it. But um, And that's the reason why I'm going to watch um, Ava DuVernay's um, documentary on the Central Park Five, even though it's now 3.06 in the morning. I will bet you I'm going to go home, pour me a glass or something, and at least watch the first episode because... That's just, you know, important. Shit, you don't even need to be watching it. Watch this album just to give the numbers. Just put the Netflix on and go to work or some shit. Because, you know, the Netflix will be playing. You can binge a whole thing. you not even be there and then just watch it at your convenience. But Netflix will think you at least watch as much until the Are You Still Watching pops up, you know. Another thing, one thing about Netflix gets on my nerves. I don't know if it's me, but maybe if it's not me, um... 
and you know it's just some default setting i can turn please let me know why does every time i turn on netflix do they ask is it me or is it my kids i don't got no kids i don't want no kids i ain't never gonna have no kids i don't need to see the option for kids every time i turn on netflix that i'm paying for like is there a way to just not see the kids is there a way for it just to be like you know, like Mary J. Blige just sings in Take Me As I Am. It's me. You know, just off the bat. Because that's, that'd be annoying. But anyway. Um, moving on to the big screen. I saw a preview of Rocket Man. And I know what y'all are thinking. If you're anything like me, you're probably thinking, why do I need to get up out the house, pay money to hear about this man who be all over the place everywhere anyway? What's the point? I know that you were thinking that because that's exactly what I was thinking. I would ne- have never felt Elton John all like that. You know, I've never like, I might have bought, I probably bought an Elton John thing here or there. But I'm saying it's not like, you know, random shit or something. It wasn't like I'm, you know, I never seen him in concert, never wanted to see him in concert. It's just, you know, he's just one of them people's like, um, you know, and I know in certain gay circles, you're supposed to revere him for coming out and everything like that. It's like, good for you. You came out fine. I respect that. But it's like, I ain't necessarily, I'm not going to buy your next record just because you came out, you know, good for you. What's that doing for me? So anyway, that's how I felt about it going in. Like I was just very like, whatever, but a preview screening is a preview screening. And child, I have to tell you, the shit is good. I mean, it is good, good. It is scent-tematic. You hear me? I mean, it gives you eye-popping visuals, moving and nuanced acting performances, and songs you know, even if you don't know, you know. You know what I mean? Like, you be hearing stuff, you be like, oh, I do know that song. I have heard that song in an elevator before while I was, you know, rolling my cart down the cereal aisle in the grocery store. I, I, that's, that just sounds familiar. You know, it's that kind of stuff. But, I mean, the movie is really good as an actual big screen movie. It's a big screen experience. It really, really does its thing. Um, And for you Game of Thrones queens, like, I mean, I have to be honest. I stopped watching the show after the Red Wedding because I didn't have time to be remembering all them people, all them names, all them titles, all them lands, all them, what a, you know, all them winter seasons, the different little animals and all the, you know, the monster people to try. It just got to be too much. One day I just said, you know, and then by the time you be liking somebody, they be dead anyway. So it's like, what's the point? So, well, that's just my Game of Thrones thing. But anyway, I know there are a lot of Game of Thrones people out there. I know there are a lot of um, Dim Thrones people out there. So for that, I'm saying the movie um, Rocket Man has Rob Stark in it, Mr. Richard Madden. Um, if you don't watch Game of Thrones at all, you may know him as the hot ass guy who stole Sam Smith's twink boyfriend, um, the hot guy from 13 Reasons Why. And let me tell you, he and Taron Egerton, who plays Elton John, they be fucking in the movie. I mean, they be fucking. Like, I'm not talking about no typical gay shit where they just get in a room, hop under the sheets. You may see, a, you may see like one butt cheek rise up and down, maybe, and then the lights go out. No, they fucking, they different positions, they fucking. So it is a very gay fucking in the movies type scene, you know, that is very different. You know, even me, my gay ass, I was like, damn, they fucking, you know, what I mean? like, because you really just don't really be saying two men really fuck on thing. I'm not saying they fucking like only fans fucking. I just mean they give you real movie fucking like you see straight people fuck on the films. They be fucking like that. That's what I'm saying. Um, and you know me, I don't be telling you to run out to see Ariel White movie, you know, like that. I'm not. You know, I'll be, I don't even go to the movies all like that. Like, I don't just the experience of going to the movies and stuff. And you be, you know, have to get out your house, dress, but dress and then get out your house, you know, Uber to the theater if it's that, you know, pay your money, go hand some ticket to somebody, you know what I mean? Go in your seat. You don't know who nasty ass seat, you don't know whose ass been in the seat before you. 
you don't know whose hands been on them armrests and up under them armrests and drink coasters. You don't know if the people have been picking their nose. You don't know if they've been, you know, you, I mean, people be all types of nasty in this world. And you just don't know what you are sitting your clean body into when you slip into one of those theater seats. That's why I could never, people be telling me they be going to the movie theaters and be sitting on couches with a blanket. I'm like, where'd that blanket come from? They like, they be washed. How do you know? How do you know that they washed a blanket in between the last showing and this showing or that the place is stocked with enough blankets so they can clean blanket everybody in every seat at every showing for the whole day? And then who washing the blankets? And are they doing the um, blankets at night? And I'd be like, I'd be like, where's the washing machine? Y'all got a washing machine on the premises? Because if they don't have a washing machine on the premises, then I know them shits ain't clean. You know? Uh... But anyway, I don't even, I done lost my, but anyway, like I was saying, I'm not telling y'all, my point is, I'm not telling y'all just to go to a movie theater to do anything for anything, but I'm saying I really liked Rocket Man. I really thought it was like a movie experience, like the type of thing you want to see on a big screen. So I recommend it, you know, you can throw tomatoes at, you know, I don't know what you're going to throw. You can go to my website, craigspoplife.com and throw a tomato at your screen, <laughs> you know. At your expense, if you don't like the movie or whatever, but I really liked it. So that's my recommendation on that. So, y'all, that's all I have for this week. Um, thanks, as always, for listening. I do so much appreciate it when it's 3.13 a.m. and I be tired and I want to be getting home to watch my Ava DuVernay. I do it for y'all because other people that, you know, tweeting back that they like it or you, even you give me a little like on Twitter when I post, you know, the link or you, you know, um, whatever you do, I appreciate y'all for listening. And that's real. That's from the heart. So um, I'm just saying that. And if you could be so kind um, and rate the podcast, subscribe um, and share it with a friend, I'd also really appreciate that because it helps a lot. Like I said, the ratings and the subscriptions, those really help on iTunes with the search functions because um you know like right now if you just search black gay podcast my shit is not you know in like the top five or anything like that it just even of the search results even though my shit is like one of two titles podcast titles that has black gay in it it still doesn't come right up just because of whatever, like they, I guess they assume, um, like people typed in gay wrong. So all sorts of like black guy stuff comes up before my actual black gay, even when you type in black gay. So like I said, it has been explained to me that that's all about the, um, ratings and the subscriptions and stuff like that. So if y'all could rate and subscribe, I mean, you could subscribe. That don't mean you have to listen to every episode. You might get tired of my ass. I understand. But you know, like I said, just if you could help a brother out, that w- I would be so appreciative. And until next week, as always, be cool, be kind, be creative. And in the words of my fave, be your damn self. <laughs> okay. Love y'all. Bye.